Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Why Trade Ortega is Dicey, and Ask Me Questions If I Was Confusing. It's kind of fun in the off-season, at least when roster moves are possible, which isn't pop, which doesn't happen right now. But if there are trade moves that are possible, that are theoretical, that are hypothetical, that can possibly happen, to have people do the rumor mill, the self-initiated rumor mill, let's trade this guy, let's trade this guy, let's trade this guy for that guy, and we're good. This offseason, those are fun because there's nothing else. You know, there is no case of, well, the Cubs are going to go out and sign this guy next week because until the lockout is finished, Cubs aren't signing anybody, at least not until the draft. So um, it's the story someone was asking, um, oh, my goodness, what were they even asking about? Uh I think someone was asking me about the Correa on a three-year deal concept. And, you know, well, someone was asking me, well, Tim, what do you think about this? Like, well, I think it's not going to happen until the lockout's done. (laughs) It's kind of silly to banter about something as if it's going to actually happen before the lockout's done. Because until the lockout is completed, nobody's going anywhere. Nonetheless, with Rafael Ortega. Rafael Ortega trades are dicey. Rafael Ortega trades are very dicey. It's kind of fun for fans to, who can I look at on the roster that looks like they might have done better last season than they might do this season and trade them away for some sort of an asset. Kind of makes sense, yeah? And that's what people are prone to looking into. Before I get into Rafael Ortega, I'm going to hypothetically throw out a Wilson Contreras trade. Cubs trade Contreras to whoever for whatever. Whoever, you know, I'm not even going to get bent on which team, what the return is, how how much of it will be a catcher to start, how much, not even worry about If you're having a situation where the Cubs trade Wilson Contreras to another team for something, whatever it is, if Wilson Contreras is going over to this other team, what is the value that a team puts on Wilson Contreras? What value should be put on Wilson Contreras as of figuring on some sort of a um normal regular season you know 100 games something like that if there's going to be a 100 game regular season what sort of a value would the other team put on Wilson Contreras and i'm not going to say 11 million dollars or 42 million dollars or 88 billion dollars i'm going to break it down in words not numbers 
the value for Wilson Contreras ought to be, I think there are probably three factors. One, how good Wilson Contreras will do in 2022, particularly tied in with what he will be making in 2022. Seems reasonable, right? If the other team thinks he's going to be making $9.7 million and he's going to be worth $12.4 million, you do the math, you carry those, you know, you're whatever you're at. The amount that Wilson Contreras would be worth to a team in uh, small letter A with a period. Small letter A with a period. What Wilson Contreras would make in 2022. What value Wilson Contreras would provide in 2022. So if the team thinks Contreras is probably going to be worth, let's say, $4 million more than he will make in 2022. Possible. You know, I, I, I'm i not saying it definitely would happen, not saying it definitely can't happen. It's a number. They do, they have their computer, whatever their computer says, their computer kicks out. Wilson Contreras will be worth $4 million in 2022. $4 million to the positive based on what he will probably make in arbitration plus what he will be worth over the course of a season. Seems pretty much straight ahead, right? So that's A. B is if he gets traded at the deadline, you do the same sort of a figure. What's he probably going to be, be worth through the end of July? And then what do you think you might be able to get for him at the end of, of July? And then you incorporate that in as well. So A is a raw number that is what he's going to be worth for the entire season minus what he's going to cost for the entire season. Second is what would his value be if he gets traded in July. And the third value incorporate in somehow if he leaves in free agency with draft pick compensation, whatever that ends up being, which will be determined in da 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 da, da the lockout. Once that's solved, we'll know that. Um, so you have the three little things to consider. You know, what would he probably be worth? What would he probably be worth if they would trade him at the deadline? And what would he be? Uh, what would he probably fetch in um, compensation if they kept him the all the way through the entire season and lost him in free agency? Those are three things to consider. Again, none of those three are going to decide what the trade would be, but they are all things to keep in mind if you are trying to assess Wilson Contreras's value. Wilson Contreras's value is based on what he will probably produce in 2022 minus what he will cost in 2022. So now let's switch over to Rafael Ortega. Rafael Ortega, I looked him up. I I had no idea. I really had no idea. I knew that he was a bench warmer early on, and I was wondering, why the heck is this guy still on the team? And eventually, he took over as the center fielder against right-handed starting pitching when Jack Peterson was traded. And down the stretch, Ortega was nails. He was very good, particularly against right-handed pitching. 2.0 wins above on... Um, baseball reference. I might as well check on um, 
fan graphs as well. I'll be checking that as I chit a chat. But um, with Ortega, now let's go back to Contreras. With Contreras, you know, he has one year left and you figure out what he's probably going to be worth and then you figure out how much he will cost and you work with it from there. So now, let's imagine the Cubs trade or there is a potential trade, Cubs trading away Rafael Ortega to someone else. Well, let's look at him as far as the same way as Contreras. What would Ortega's long-term value be? Hmm, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. You know why? Because I don't know what the what, what his free agency situation is going to be. I have absolutely no idea what his free agent situation is going to be because he's old enough so that he would be close to that situation where perhaps he might be a free agent very soon. Perhaps he would, perhaps he wouldn't. Again, it's going to entirely boil to the um, collective bargaining agreement. In 2020, Fangraphs had him at 1.6 wins above with a $13.1 dollar value. Baseball Reference had him as a 2.0 wins above player. Uh, let's see. Much better on offense than on defense. Much better. Negative defensively on fan graphs, but very above on offense. So, how does one assess one year or two years or three years or four years of value for Rafael Ortega? I don't know. Until we know when Rafael Ortega will be a free agent, we have absolutely no idea what sort of value he might possibly ought to command. Okay, now let's just let's just assume that next year is his last year before free agency. So the Cubs are trading one year away, one year of Rafael Ortega for something else. What's he going to provide? I have no idea. There is no history on Ortega as far as let's see, Ortega's values on fan graphs. 0 0.8 minus 3.8 minus 4.6, minus 1.2, 13.1. That seems like one wicked, fierce sort of a bell curve, inverted bell curve. I have no idea what that is. I have absolutely no idea what that is. What sort of a year would Rafael Ortega have in 2022? I have no idea. And if someone claims to know, they're lying to you. Nobody knows how Rafael Ortega is going to do in 2022. The good thing for the Cubs with Rafael Ortega in 2022, he is not going to be over league minimum. So the Cubs can walk in knowing that Rafael Ortega is a league minimum type of uh, cost um, cost hit. I think that's the term I want. Yes, cost hit. So even if he is terrible, even if he is terrible, it's not going to be that bad because he'll be making league minimum. And if after, oh, I don't know, what what do you give him? Six weeks? He's terrible for six weeks and you release him? Or No, you don't even release him. You send him to Iowa. You send him to Iowa. I'm not sure. Does he have an, does he have an option season left? Scrolls up to the top. Fan graphs is awesome because it tells you that. 
Um, let's see. Did I not go far enough up? Minor league option seasons left zero. So if the Cubs decide they are going to run Rafael Ortega through waivers because, well, it's not working. He, he's not doing it. It's not getting done. Then uh, he gets run through waivers. Then you get the whole waivers thing. Actually, with Ortega, you might even get the uh, DFA thing. Ortega, yeah. If Ortega is struggling after six weeks, then the Cubs will probably designate him for assignment. So then they have 10 days to trade him, run him through waivers, or release him. Doubt they'd release him. They'd probably either run him through waivers or trade him. And then at that point, somebody might be interested in trading for Rafael Ortega because they can get Rafael Ortega for basically surrender value. So if you do have Rafael Ortega being traded, it's really, really, really difficult to guess what the return value, the return offer would be. When people are assuming that Rafael Ortega, because he was worth $13.6 million last year, is going to be worth some certain... He's going to be good enough to bring back a starting pitcher. Or you have Rafael Ortega and two prospects to bring back. That's the one I saw today. Rafael Ortega plus two prospects for starting pitching from Oakland. That's nice and vague. That's nice and vague. Which starting pitcher are we talking about? Guy in A-ball? We talking about one of the guys at the major league level who's... Really, what are we talking about? Who are the prospects? Let's toss Johendrik Piango as a mid-range. Are we talking two guys above Piango? Are we talking two guys below Piango? Are we talking Piango and one above, Piango and one below? What are we looking at? The, the entire and two prospects thing. And that, that just, it, that simply amuses me because it's, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just throwing some crap against the wall and I, I'm hoping it sticks. Uh, yeah, if you're going to talk about and prospects, mention the prospects. You know, have some idea. Have some idea. You know where the listings are. Look fan graphs, look Baseball America, look whatever. Pull two names out of your wallet looking at the fan graphs thing. You know, okay, uh, Ed Howard and Richard Gallardo. Okay, how would that do? You know, Richard Gallardo, Ed Howard, and Rafael Ortega, for, and then, then you throw a name back. Then, if nothing else, if very absolutely, completely nothing else, then we can break out the MLB trade analyzer and see if they agree with it. Rafael Ortega, though, how does one even assess Rafael Ortega or Frank Schwindel or Patrick Wisdom what their future value is until you see what the collective bargaining agreement is? If it's a situation of where a player is a free agent at 29, irrespective of how many years he's been anywhere, then Rafael Ortega, he's 30 years old. He's 30 years old already. He would be a free agent in the offseason, in 2022, uh, offseason 2022 into 2023. Basically the same thing with Wisdom, basically the same thing with Schwindel. It's almost impossible to float trading any of those three players until we know pretty much exactly what the collective bargaining agreement says in regards to player free agency. And trust me, that's going to be a huge bone of contention because 
players want to be able to be free to go wherever the heck they want a whole lot sooner than the owners want them to be able to be going wherever they want. The owners have a system where they can ice a player in the minor leagues for six years, they can ice a player in the major leagues for six or seven years, and then they can become a free agent. Doesn't necessarily always take six years, or it doesn't necessarily always take 12 years, but it's almost always going to take six. And usually it's going to take eight or nine, unless you have a guy who is really excellent. Uh, but yeah, you have guys like Ortega and Wisdom and Schwindel and a whole bunch of other players who they, they are definitely not served by the way free agency is currently decided upon. Um, if it ends up being the player has to play six entire years, uh, 6.00 years before they're eligible for free agency, Rafael Ortega, Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel have a lot of value still, if they're any good. Because neither one of them, is good. none of the three will be free agent anywhere near soon if free agency is anywhere close to what it is now. So when you're talking about players like Rafael Ortega or Frank Schwindel or Patrick Wisdom, if you're mentioning them as trade pieces, particularly in an article, in a tweet, you might want to mention that it is entirely dependent upon the soon-to-be-ratified collective bargaining agreement, how many years they have before free agency. For both of them, it could be, what, 10 months? 10 months, 11 months, something like that, you know, whatever. End of the season, they're free agents. It could be that. Or it could be a whole lot more than that. It all depends. So yeah, when somebody is talking about trading Rafael Ortega or someone like him, it's really kind of dicey. It's really dicey trading someone who... I, I've been listening to a bit of the uh, English Premier League stuff, seeing as I have my own Tottenham Hotspur podcast. Sideways passes, in case you're looking. Um, and a, a, a lot of the English Premier League... Uh, podcasters, writers, talkers, whatever it is, um, grasp the concept that players at certain points in their career have more value financially than others. And sometimes um, baseball fans don't like that to be a thing. i just put it that way. But yeah, with an Ortega, if in five months, He's going to be a free agent in November. He has a whole lot less value in trade for the Cubs than if he has three years until free agency. And it's all going to depend on what that collective bargaining agreement says. And you nor I have a vote on that. Thanks for stopping by pre-arb excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon. Circumstances one. I'll have to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. Merry Christmas. And be nice to people.